if you put humanity as priority, then guess what? You're going to want to add value. You're going to want to see that it's not taking away from humanity going forward. So I hope that this conversation, you're able to take some insights, put them into action. And even if it's just one thing, then take one thing from our conversation today. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold them. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch, or two, or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper, behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions, and innovate smart, sustainable solutions, to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. Okay, so I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the episode that I had with Ali. And the reason I'm doing this episode now is to take some of the things that Ali and I spoke about in our conversation together to then look at it, reflect on it, take some insights of the work that I do and what I think with what we talked about as well, and then really put some actions together. The thing around Global Human Intelligence podcast is I don't want this just to be another conversation, something that you're used to, you know, just having another conversation. I think there's enough of those around, enough of being told what to do all the time. And what if we were to have conversations and then as we're talking around it, like Ali and I did, which was we kind of evolved as the conversation went on, we were evolving too, right? And what happens then is that it gives us the ability to kind of talk things out, even if we don't have it all sorted. And that's what I think is important about the Global Human Intelligence podcast is if we can not just have yet another podcast where, you know, you're learning from the person that's speaking but that it builds a curiosity within you. And, you know, one of the things that is so important out of what I'm teaching with and training in and all the learnings that I'm bringing to the table is this whole concept around a new approach to leadership. And I hope that with this podcast, you start learning how to use what I always talk about and we talked about it in the podcast with Ali around exercising really the muscle of human intelligence. And again, human intelligence for me is when smart humans or just humans are able to to use the data that is coming in. So that data that's coming in may come from experiences, environments, 
thinkings, generational, wherever it's coming from, whatever your brain is wired to, and that's coming in. And then you're bringing that into whatever, your physical body, your spiritual thinking, your emotional capacity, you're using the things that maybe from artificial intelligence, like the, the knowledge of internet and Google and, and some of the pieces of technology that we get access to, using that and processing that to the output that you bring out in the end. What if that output was actually smart humans being able to make smart decisions? And I think that's what is such an advantage when we know how to use our human intelligence. And here's a thing that will bring change to the global landscape going forward is if humans know how to use their human intelligence to make, well, have better conversations, be able to determine better decisions at the table, and then actually put them to play or do on a daily basis or innovate new ways and new results at the table. And that is what this whole conversation on this podcast is about. And, you know, there's amazing people out there who know how to really increase growth in the economic space so that they've got more tools, access to resources, access to things that are going to be beneficial. And then what is awesome about that is them being able to use that to be and bring an impact because here's the thing every decision that you make at this table actually has an impact so anytime I make a decision I impact in some way in other words it's adding value to or taking away from. And that is what I hope that as you listen to many of these smart leaders who make mistakes just like you and I, but use that to use it as a building block to really be able to make some pretty smart decisions at the table and to see how they do it behind the scenes. And that was what was great about my conversation with Ali. And I think that there are some things that really came out of it that I want to make sure that you understand. And one of that is, what do you do that no one else can do? I think that that was the greater question that we need to ask ourselves. What do I do? What do you do that no one else does? Because I think it's so easy to continue the way everyone else has done it and you know, to fit into systems that were built for some reason or someone's, you know, biases put it in play that that was what you need, what I need, what we all need going forward. And is this actually a truth? And, you know, what I loved about the conversation with Ali was that we start questioning that maybe some of these systems, and we talked about things like the education system, you know, and because both of us have young ones, you know, children, and they are going through the education system right now, how does that work for them? Is it giving them the skills and the the tools they need to be the best who they are needing to be going forward, whether it's today or tomorrow or in the future coming generations? And, and I think it's so easy to keep doing things and a lot of these systems aren't changing. And I definitely see it that they're not changing quick enough. 
with where the world is needing to do. And so one of the things that I'm always saying to clients is this, that we need to have a short-term goal and we need a long-term goal. I always work in the long-term. It's one of the reasons I'm, you know, when you do what you do that no one else does, I work in the long-term and it's with sustainable solutions, right? And so most people don't talk about that because just having a solution seems the good thing. You know, it's, it's the next quick fix. It's, if I give you this, this will solve this problem right now for you. A lot of that is great in the interim, but it doesn't fix the core problems, the root of the problems, the generational problems, the sustainable problems, the problems that maybe we're seeing, not just locally, not just as individuals, and not even just as a maybe your collective, your industry, but as the further across the globe as an actual problem that we're seeing across the globe that is happening no matter where you live, no matter where you are located, right? And so this becomes an interesting thing because we've got to go, okay, so here's the long-term solution, but we've got to keep moving and it's the short-term that keep moving us towards that long-term. And the short-term wins help us know we are actually on target that we're still moving forward and it keeps us excited about the long-term sustainable. And often the short-term is fixing a need that is or a problem or an emergency or something that is helping people to step up so they can play at a bigger game to be able to do those long-term. So I don't, again, I work with extremes. And so for me, it's one of those extremes. It's like the short-term in the long term, how do we do both at once? We need to. We need to learn how to do that because the world is changing at such a pace that we need to be able to have those short-term injections of it moving and keeping momentum towards that long-term sustainable but we can't do it without the other. Same with growth. I do not believe that we just work on functionally working on the economic growth, but that we actually are also at the same time working on how's that impacting the culture going forward. So as I'm making a decision here, increasing my economic growth, I am also at the same time accelerating cultural impact at the same time. And it's not one or the other. And yet, Many work on those as individuals. And I think that that was the, a great thing that did come out of our conversation. And something that I talk about a lot on is, yes, you've got to know who you are as a leader, as an individual. This is so important. And as an individual, join together with the collective. And that's the way we're going to see it across the globe. This means that there needs to be better conversations. And, you know, this is, this is a tricky piece. And I think that that was something that both Ali and I absolutely agree on that we need to have more of those uncomfortable conversations. She hesitated on it when we talked about the uncomfortable conversation. I go towards it now because there's been so much power in joining at the table with many people who think so differently to how I do. It's one of those joys that I learned by traveling the world across the globe. It was something that I get so excited about because 
because I realized that as I traveled in and out of many different cultures, that the more I traveled in and out of cultures, the more I didn't know. In the case of the unknown, the unknown became an exciting thing for me. I actually really looked forward to learning and being in that sort of uncomfortable position where I don't really know how to communicate as well as I normally would. And I've got to learn ways to do this more effectively or I want to be able to interact and and feel like part of your world. How do I do that? What do I need to do to listen to be able to do that better? And it was those moments that I realized I knew very little as I traveled the world. And the more I traveled, the less I felt I knew. And that was kind of exciting because it means I've got lots to learn. It means I can evolve as time keeps going on and become a better person. But it also meant that I'd be at tables where I felt really uncomfortable a lot of the time and I became comfortable with the uncomfortable. And because I had a willingness to sit with many people that people freak out when I tell them who I've sat at the table with. And and this can be from world leaders, literally. And then right back to, uh, you know, sitting down with someone who's living on the street or, you know, the chief in the, the village and, and in the ground and on the map in, the, in his, his uh, hut and having big conversations around how can we bring sustainable solutions for the village going forward when you don't even speak the language and you're working through an interpreter and you're bringing a new approach, not just as a thinking, but as a conversation to then get interpreted and then make decisions from. It's a whole different place to be in and a conversation to have. But I'm really grateful I've done it because that was the moment that I realized that I've got a lot of learning to do. And the more I listen and the more I can make sure I'm willing to have, and I don't call it diversity at the table because I think that that's got a negative connotation to it. And, you know, it's something actually Ali brought up as well is that maybe we don't have the language. And I think the problem is we've had language. And if I say to you, I'm a single mom, your immediate biases might go to someone that you've seen as a single mom that struggled, that has problems, that is never able to make ends meet, that isn't, and you already put me in a box. What if I was a single mom that actually had just completed, you know, a university degree while in a corporate job that then also looking after a household, just sold my last house and I've just bought a new one. You see, we put things And we hear things and we put our own story on that. And I think that language is something that we have to be careful on as we communicate. A word in my language, by the way, when I was brought up half my life, actually less than half my life now, scariest truth, was in New Zealand. And I've actually lived and spent more years as an Australian. And so even though both countries speak English, There are some funny words that you don't use in New Zealand that you use in Australia and the same with Australia. You don't use those words 
in Australia like you do in New Zealand. Same language, yet different meanings to it. And I think that we have to come up as part of this new approach to leadership, this new approach is we have to come up with a language that maybe we're not saying it the same way or meaning it the same way that it has in the past and maybe there could be a new meaning to it. And I think that that only happens if we are willing to bring so many different distinctions to the table to have a conversation to then see what could we do with that? How could we change some of the words we're using? What does that actually mean to you? And one of those examples is, and something that I teach about and I think is so important in this new approach of leadership is that we, instead of telling, because for me, that's old school leadership. That's the old approach. We used to tell. We used to say, these are the principles. This is the model. This is how you do it. This is what it looks like. This is proven. All those things that actually Ali and I talked about with the proven versus, you know, this evolving. And I think that one of the greatest examples of a word that we need to change is we, this is not how you should do it. These are not the three principles that are the only principles that are going to make you a great leader. I think we have got to get over that, seriously. What I do think is that we have certain lenses that we start using. And if you ask me, what is it that I stand for? Beyond everything else that I do, yes, I help clients, many amazing leaders across the globe to find their solution pathways to narrow the gap from problem to solution. But the greater thing, the thing that I want people to remember when I'm not here is the fact that what if I could have helped humanity to evolve in a way that all of a sudden, every time you make a decision, you look through the lens of humanity as stakeholders. I know it's big, it's deep, but this is what part of this podcast is about. I want us to start thinking bigger. I want us to start diving deeper. I want us to be asking questions. So if you want to know more about what that looks like and I don't give you a satisfactory answer on that, make sure you reach out and you say, hey, I heard you say this. What were you really talking about there? How do we use this? What does that look like? Those are the things that we we need to start asking more about. And in the case just for humanity as stakeholders, because that's everything I talk about, that's the crutch of it all. It really is the mission, the decision DNA, the vision spot for all of the work that I do. What does humanity as stakeholders mean? Humanity as stakeholders means humanity meaning as simple as you and I. We make up humanity. We are the human race. And here's the thing. We can come to the table as minorities. We can come to the table as individuals going, hey, you need to listen to me because I'm this. Or we can come to the table going, one thing we all have in common in this place right now, every single human, is that we are part of the human race. And that is you and I, humanity. What if we come thinking, how can we put humanity first? 
And then we come with our distinctions. I want your differences at the table. I want your learnings, your perspectives, your, your data that you've got, that you've processed, that you've had different ways in which you've done that. I want to know what that looks like. That's why I'm having these conversations on the podcast because I don't necessarily come from a background that Ali does. I don't necessarily come from a way of thinking that Ali does. She has her own thinking. She has established that she's now learning how that works in what she does going forward. Well, the same can be said for you. The same can be said for me. And that to me is the important piece of figuring out how do we do this and how do we do this well. So, you know, what do you do that no one else does? What's your thinking? What are the conversations you're having and what is your perspective? Those are important. Those are the distinctions you bring to the table and we need to do that. But for me, humanity comes first, human race. Now, humanity as stakeholders, Stakeholder meaning, what is the value that you measure at the table, right? So if I value humanity as having a valid, you know, voice at the table, then I'm going to put priority to it and I'm going to measure it so I know if it is adding to the table or taking away from. And that's all humanity as stakeholders is. Are we, with every decision we're making, are we adding value to humanity going forward or are we taking away from that's as intense and as difficult as it is and it's funny because many people you know freak out because I I say yeah my mission in life my purpose my whole thing that I'm building everything on is humanity as as stakeholders it's a movement I've created with the leaders movement that what if we have a whole lot of leaders that are starting to really decide that they want to make decisions, have conversations and use the lens of humanity as stakeholders. Do you think that could change some of the thinking that culture is being built on? Some of the conversations we're having in our businesses, organizations, do you think it could actually change that? I do. And because of that, I'm not giving up on it and I'm looking for new ways in which we can ensure that this becomes part of the evolution of us as humans in the way that we build out our culture. And I think that that's exciting, but it also means that we have to think for ourselves and we've got to stop this old approach, which are things that are not necessarily, you know, processes, systems, thinkings, biases, conditionings, all those things that are not necessarily beneficial for us going forward. Hey, let's learn from those things that are, but let's leave behind the things that are not. So if I think of this, what are some of the key insights to the leaving the old to the bringing on the new approach? And in my case, because I work with a global leadership space, so a new approach to leadership, you can put that in whatever industry because, by the way, it doesn't matter. Whether you're working with coaches and speakers, whether you're working in an industry that is with startups, 
whether you're working with an industry that is designed, it doesn't matter. This pattern works with all of them. There are old things, old approaches that are, you know, not going to be beneficial going forward. So what is that new approach? And I think there's a few key things I want you to remember or think about, right? One of it is, I think we need to have different conversations. Ali said it too. She agreed on this. And the need for us to have those conversations, I, you know, I'm not saying that's an easy thing, but we need to be able to, you know, like I say, be comfortable with the uncomfortable conversations. And many of these conversations are going to be that now because there is just so much dis- disruption and oh, what's the word? There's so much separation, segregation and destruction and hurt and pain that people are having as conversations, angry conversations. And we have got to bring those to the table. We've got to be able to, you know, be okay with what we are standing for, what we think, what the conversations we're willing to have and what our perspective is. But we have to be able to have that at a table with someone that may not think the same way as you and may not be wanting to have the same conversation conversation and then we've got to find out what is it that we could actually shift on and agree on and move the conversation forward. So number one, I do think is that we have to have new conversations in this new approach. I think that that means that we have to have uh, tables where we are willing to bring issues to the table. I think, and again, another thing for the new approach, number two, that was really important that came from that conversation as well as examples to, again, why this is so important is being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I think this will come up a lot in the conversations throughout the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. And I know it does when, you know, we run the forum. These are uncomfortable conversations. These are uncomfortable that, you know, we don't necessarily want to sit at the table and have a racial conversation. That there is an issue, whether we are white, black, brown, identify as many colors in between. I tell you, and this is just from me personally, so don't get, don't lose, I don't want to lose you here, but I want you to hear this. When there was massive, massive conversations around that last year. I ran the Global Human Intelligence Forum. I had my twinsy, who you will hear on this podcast, Earl, have a conversation around this whole racial tension at the table. And then we had a conversation around that. And then we did it as an open forum. Here's the thing. Just as many that are of color, many that are white are having conversations feeling like, where do I fit at this table? I felt so uncomfortable because I'm actually got a lot of white in me, but I've got a lot of brown on me as well. And so where do I fit in that? And I identify a lot with cultures all across the world, way more than I do, say, if you put me in the box of a white man or white woman. And I think that this is the time where we have to be comfortable to have a conversation of what that. Do you know how hard it was when I was hearing whether it black or white and I go, what about me? And I know there will be people listening to this conversation going, I feel like that. Where do I fit in on this? 
I might identify as this, but I'm not sure where I am. I want everyone to know that you are welcome at my table. You are welcome at the table here on this conversation. And even though that was true to, for me at that time, that may not be the perspective that you hold or what you saw, but it was true to me. And so we need to be able to bring that to the table, have a conversation and go, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm seeing where you're going with this. And then go, what is it that even though maybe I don't agree with everything, you know, 90, 99% of what you say, the one thing that we can all agree on at this table is this, and we're going to move on that. That's where I want to see conversations go. So it's not about being right or wrong. We have to realize that. We cannot, we are never, ever going to be all agreeing on the same thing. That is just not how it works. But we have to be uncomfortable, sorry, comfortable with the uncomfortable, even if we totally disagree with everything that's being said, but maybe we can agree on one thing. And that one thing becomes the focus to keep shifting that dial forward. Otherwise, we are not going to see the change that is and and seriously I have so many conversations I've got proof of this you guys even if you don't hear it on the global human intelligence you are definitely going to hear it also on my other podcast the decision table podcast time and time again I don't even know most of those people that I'm having conversations on there and there's just so many examples of how even when I feel uncomfortable, I have no idea what they're talking about. Sometimes I can go, there's something that I can connect on. There's something I can learn from them. And there's something that maybe someone else could learn as well. And it's that easy. So what if we were comfortable with the uncomfortable We in, as a new approach? We were going to have different conversations, a new conversation at the table. And number three, I think that there has to come become ownership, that we have a responsibility to use our platforms to give voice. And so that really has to mean that you understand what the problem is that you personally get to solve and the solution that you're bringing and that solution, by the way, has an impact across the globe. So what are you bringing to help change the global landscape? We all have a responsibility to own our platforms and to give voice no matter what that looks like. And then, so number four, I think that we have to, as the new approach, one of the things is to come as individuals. So know who you are, your thinking, what your conversation is, your perspective, what you're willing to stand up and stand in for. And as a collective join together, this is really important. You know, one of the things as I traveled the globe as a nomadic CEO, one of the things that I really realized was there was, and this was way, by the way, before a pandemic hit the world, was there was this thing that I thought was an epidemic within humanity, and it was isolation. And in fact, I began writing a book. That book now is turned into humanity as stakeholders because I didn't want the biases of where the world is at right now to kind of go, oh, she's talking about a pandemic. I never was. It was just something I saw was affecting not just leadership, by the way, 
but humanity across. And it did not, it didn't mean just because you're a part of this culture that you were uh, isolated from isolation. It affected everyone. And so what I realized was what if Instead of isolation, we had the solution as collaboration and came together as a collective, partnership more, connected more, saw how what you can bring to the table, what George down the road can, Mary, uh, you know, like Jennifer, like all these people, when they bring it to the table, how much more can we actually bring change because now we've got different data that we can use to help us be more effective in the decisions and then innovate new solutions at the table. So that's another thing that I found really important. And I think, you know, part of this is, and one of the things that I love doing, and I'll be opening actually a new one up soon, is a growth incubator. So if you want to know more about that, please do reach out. But a growth incubator, think pods. I think that this is what we've got to do more of. We've got to come together with a sort of what is it that we want to see as a change and think how can we do that you know from what so an example being that you know i've had a lot of conversations around the arts lately we know that what has happened across the globe with the pandemic that things like performance and you know where musicians would perform for others there's so many different you know actors actresses whatever it is like there's just so many different amazing arts visual and you know, so many beautiful things around the arts. And it's been a difficult time for many in it. And yet here's the thing that can be learned that maybe there's ways in which we can do it more effectively. So arts can be a part of our world, but it also can help grow the economic growth for the person that's involved with the arts. How do we do that better? And how do we help support a movement of artists and entrepreneurs that sort of artists, entrepreneurs, whatever, come together and feel really supported and know that they're not on their own on this. But actually, we don't want you to change and just be an entrepreneur or, you know, come into corporate and all of a sudden you've got to be just you know, someone that's in, in corporate America or something like that. But we want you to bring those skills, those abilities, those tools, those resources that you've learned through your art into another environment and both be able to connect those two extremes so that both can benefit from it. In other words, that you can be able to maybe get the resources that you need to be able to get that out to the world better. But in the same way, the greatest example I used in this was with an orchestra. Let me tell you, if everyone was playing individually, it would sound a mess but beautifully conducted by someone who has mastery at it. It is this combination of these amazing sounds and sometimes space, knowing when to not have a sound and maybe just a very faint, you know, distant sort of uh, rhythm in the, in the background that maybe brings it back up and into the next piece of awesomeness right at the table. Well, here's the thing. Organisations could really learn about having individuals and knowing 
the mastery of the individual and the art in which you bring to the table as whether you're the CFO, whether you're the CEO, whether you're the founder, whether you're, you know, the operations, whatever it is, like all those pieces are so important. And what if we listen to each other better? And instead of sort of clashing with the noises and hoping that it all sound and, and flow together, that actually we, we did it in a way that artists know how to bring flow. Would that change what we're doing, the way we're building out culture, the way we see our team members, the way we see clients coming in with pathways into your world? I think it would. And so I think that this is where growth incubators, think pods have to come and play where we start using and bringing our, our distinctions to the conversation but we start listening and figuring out how do we get that flow happening better because that'll bring back the willingness, the openness to bring issues to the table and then have a conversation around that. Okay, so there's so many things, right, that I think that the conversation Ali and I had were great reminders and the importance of all of this and why it's important to even for her and I to have that conversation. And then some of the things that I know in my work, these are why, why we're having these conversations. And our conversation Ali and I had really confirms a lot of the work, but it also shows that even, you know, those that have done amazing things are now in this transition period of going, how can we be more effective? And let me tell you, I'm seeing that across leadership in so many different areas right now. People that are amazing influencers in spaces, you know, in industries are really figuring out and trying to work out where do they need to go next. And I think this is a great time and a great space and time where, again, we work on those short-term things that help us to shift quickly, but also we work on the long-term knowing that we're consistently giving hope of the pathway forward. And I want you to think about that because, you know, it's great hearing these conversations. It's great to even bring up some new thoughts and get some new insights. And I hope for the conversations we have on this podcast that you are inspired to be more curious and open up to maybe even though we've done it always this way, that what are the other options? What is the opportunity now the possibility of doing it differently. And I think that there is so much that we have, us as a human being, that we can call on. We've got lots on our in our hands already. And it doesn't matter where you're at. The, every single one of us has something to offer. And I remember at the most poorest moments of my life, honestly, I didn't even know if I could feed my children at the table at night and I would be like praying okay God you gotta bring the food to the table because I don't know how to do this in those moments I remember being challenged that I could become a really selfish person that the little that I did have is just all mine and I really felt like I always wanted to think just beyond me because I didn't just exist I wasn't just born for me 
I knew that. I knew that was part of who I am. And I found it really difficult when on the outside it looked like I had nothing to give. And I always had something to give. And it taught me this most powerful lesson. Even in those moments when you feel like you have little in your hands, there is always something to give. So in those moments, I knew I could message someone and just encourage them and just say, hey, hey, I just want to let you know, Sue, that I'm thinking about you and I'm just amazed at the work that you've been doing lately and all that you've done in bringing the change because you're willing to step it up and I'd send that off. Or, you know, maybe I didn't have any finances to give but I had some time. And so I would go and help look after and hold someone's baby so they could go and have a shower because they had a newborn in the house. There was so much I could do and I learned such a powerful thing of even when I felt like I had nothing to give, there was always something to give. And the other thing I learned was when I was giving out of, I didn't focus in on what I lacked on. Let me repeat that. When I focused became an out, my focus became an out focus. I didn't go back into my in focus and go, you know what, Kira Marie, you really do suck. Do you know what? You really, you've got nothing. You lack so many skills. You lack so much. You're not worthy of this. Cause trust me, there were many, many times in my life when that was the thing going through my head. And I just want you to know that some of the actions that we can take are so simple, depending where we are on the scale of things. So if what you've got in your hand is plentiful, then I believe the responsibility to use that in ways that can really serve humanity is huge. And kudos to you for being able to have that. And I hope that you are using it wisely. I hope that you are not just building your own kingdom, but that you are using your platform to be able to add value to humanity going forward. And for those that maybe have just a very little in their hands, but you've got something, I hope that every day you have an intention to reach out to someone, to use whatever you have in your hand to be able to make sure today's the best day that you could live and those that are affected by your life can also live by. So number one, an action that I hope you take from today, even if you take nothing else from this conversation, is that you use what's in your hands. Ask the question, what am I doing with what is in my hands? What am I doing with what is in my hands? And the second thing is change. The conversation. So it might be that you intentionally decide today, I'm going to have one conversation and I'm going to make sure I have it with someone new that I've never had before. And maybe someone I don't normally have a conversation with and I'm going to listen. I'm just going to have a conversation. Maybe you say every day for the next 21 days, I'm going to have a new conversation with a new business owner every day. I don't care what that looks like. That scale can be whatever that needs for you. But imagine, one, if you were willing to, you know, ask that question about what's in your hand and what are you using it for. Two, if you were 
able to change the conversation because you're willing to have that. And here's the third one. What if I was to use different lenses instead of say that these are the principles, that this is telling how I do it. And instead of, and here's the thing that I love about lenses, is that it means you ask different questions. So maybe, maybe just today, you're going to ask a different question. Maybe tomorrow, maybe once a month, you're going to ask a different question. And guess what? These things will start changing the way that has been the old way to now into a new approach. I hope that all of these things that we have heard here in this conversation with me today, that it just gives you some reflection on the conversation that Ali and I had. So if you didn't get to hear that, make sure you hear the the last podcast because that was that conversation. It was an amazing conversation. And I hope that this gives you some insights to where I see this in practical ways as well, where I see how we can use this, what this looks like when you can exercise things like the muscle of human intelligence in more effective ways. And I hope that it gives you some insights to some of the things that you're going to hear on the conversations that will become more familiar, like humanity as stakeholders is one of them. And, you know, I'm writing a book around that right now. And I hope soon that I will have that out so that you would actually be able to read it and go, oh, that's what she's talking about but in the meantime just remember humanity is as clear as you and I stakeholders is the value of the you know how you measure it and so if you put humanity as priority then guess what you're going to want to add value you're going to want to see that it's not taking away from humanity going forward. So I hope that this conversation, that you've, you're able to take some insights, put them into, into action, start. And, and even if it's just one thing, then take one thing from our conversation today and put it into your life and into the way that you turn up every single day in what you do and make sure that you reach out if you think that you know this has been helpful or there's make sure you review this as you know like these particular ones I want to make sure that I'm helping to make clear some of the conversations that we're having because I know for some of you what we talk about, the leader and I, in in the one before, there may be things in there that are just so deep, things that I talk about all the time that are so in my world that may be new to your world. And I hope that this has helped to some things that you go, what is she talking about there? Clearer. So reach out and let me know if there's something that you go, oh, I'd love to know more about that piece. What were you saying there? How do we really put that into place? And then this will be hopefully, because guess what? If you're asking the question, probably someone else's as well. All right, have an awesome one. And I can't wait for the next podcast. See you soon. Amazing droppers of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness activates ownership to what is next and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. 
If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlay. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.